And welcome back to the Lambertsy Show. I am Lambertsy, joined here by our weekly anime recap host, Mikey RP Gamer. Mikey, how you doing this week? Uh, I wasn't doing too bad, man, until I saw Twitter yesterday. We need to have a chat, man. Me, me, me and you need to have a little bit of convo about your uh, your tea, toast, and steak habits, my friend. Hey, 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 I like to watch the world burn. I, I, I'm not mad, Lam. Okay, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just incredibly disappointed. I don't like any of those <laughs> things, so I just chose the things that would piss the people off the most. So you know, I'm not gonna drink tea. I'm not gonna drink coffee. I, I probably would have been less. I'm not gonna eat toast. So I just chose what makes makes the world burn. <laughs> All right, uh, but uh, we gotta. Interesting week in store for us, all things considered. Uh, I know we are a week behind because you had some personal things that you had to attend to last week, so welcome back, by the way. And today is going to be an interesting day. As you already know, I've been up since 5 a.m. doing nothing but editing. We've gotten up a new YouTube short. We released a YouTube video yesterday, and we have more videos that are in backstock right now. I'm kind of pushing out the content right now. Not to mention, we have an interview at 8 p.m. Eastern, so I might have like an hour or two break between this podcast and the next. So uh, once I get that done, then I have to turn around and make the podcast available on all streaming platforms. So today is an interesting day, considering it's supposed to be my day off. So as Bill Belichick once said, no days off. No. None at all. But uh, none at all. As always, this is brought to you by the LambertCShow.com. <laughs> you could uh, go ahead and check out our website where we have all of our latest podcast, news articles, sponsorships, store, and more. Feel free to check us out over at www.thelambertCShow.com. But without further ado, Mikey, unless you got anything to add, let's get this started. Oh boy, I've got more than things to add. We we've got we've got shit. We've, we've... Lamb, you got the wrong link up first. Ah, <laughs> uh, every time. Wait, which one is this? There was a little seg. There's, there's a little segment before before the anime start. I put at the top starting special segment discussion. Right, right, right there. There's a link next to it. Getting it now. He says to get the links ready, guys. Before to be stream. fair, he threw in not one but two different special segments. In my defense, I did because we we've got a lot of shit to cover. He he, he has got a valid defense here. Now we need, we'll actually need to listen to this for a minute. So just just pause it for a minute because I'm going to give it a little bit of an explanation for a second. So your boy's been receiving heat over on Twitter. Now I'm going to have a little bit of a discussion chat. Lamb, feel free to pitch in on your in your thoughts. You don't need to know who the voice actors are, or the characters. This is just a generalization. So, for those of you who do watch Bleach, there's a character called Kenpachi Zaraki, and he's got a very well-known voice. He was voiced at the time by David Lodge, who is very well-known for voicing uh, characters like Jiraiya and Naruto. Uh, and he's got a distinctive voice. Now, of course, everybody loves his voice, myself included. We, we love the, the grit and earthiness that he puts into it, and you'll hear it in a moment once we, when we go through and examine them side by side. 
So we get to uh, kind of like midpoint two thirds in of the original anime, not including Thousand of Blood War now. Um, and what happens is is that David Lodge decides to resign. Um, controversially, he resigns as this character's voice actor because of pay. He's not being paid enough. He we we it's all hearsay. We don't have any uh, evidence of this. It's just his words only. We've never had any evidence to say what he was being paid. We've never had any evidence to say what was going on. Some people are blaming union pays and how union voice actors get paid less, which we all already know. Uh, and some were saying he was complaining that he wasn't getting paid as much as the main character, which is absurd. Why would you get paid as much as the main character? Either way, to him, he wasn't getting paid enough. Fair enough, actors get underpaid. He decided that it wasn't with his time. He needed a better paying job to feed and put money on the table. I get it. So, a boy, who, by the way, voices Jiraiya, one of the biggest characters in Naruto, so how I, how I think he's not being paid enough or hasn't got enough money to his name, it's, you know, assumptions can kind of be made here. It seems kind of sus. Anyway, he gets replaced by a voice actor called Patrick Seitz, who's already on the Bleach team. He voices Ichigo's dad, Ishin Kurosaki, as well as a couple of minor, minor characters that you'll see for like one or two episodes. Is his voice as good for Kenpachi? No, it's not. But the point remains is that he was getting paid the exact same amount as David Lodge, was voicing more characters in the end, and picked up David Slack. Fast forward 10 years now to Thousand Year Blood War. David Lodge petitioned about a week before the release. Um, if I'm, I'm going to actually get the actual tweet up for you here, guys, because this, this was actually absurd. And I'll tell you why I'm pissed off. And, you know, some of you may, may think it makes sense. Some of you may be like, as other people have said to me, well, I do kind of get it. David Lodge. Okay, Viz. So he posted on the October 29th. Bear in mind, this was a week before. So how would he get all of his lines recorded a week before? Who knows? They probably already had Patrick Seitz's lines recorded by now. But he said, okay, Viz. One shot to get me before I move on to other work. I just want to give mil my millions of fans what they want. Me back as Kampachi. Thanks, Dave. This guy comes a week before begging for his old rollback because of the fans wanting back, which, to be fair, a lot of people would like his voice back. With disrespect. The way he turned to Viz and was arrogant to say, you've got one shot when he was the one who left. So what if Viz wasn't paying him enough at the time? Okay, I get it. Lots of voice actors are underpaid. It's not good. But this isn't the argument here. You're acting so arrogant and you have not even showed any gratification towards Patrick Seitz, who picked up your slack. Meanwhile, Patrick Seitz actually posted on Twitter and he said, uh, how do I know the hype of Bleach Thousand Year Blood War is coming back? I'll tell you how, because the fans are screaming from the rooftops for David Lodge to come back and voice Kenpachi. And you know what? I'm one of them. So he was happy. He was actually happy to give the role of Kenpachi to David. And David just isn't, doesn't even acknowledge this. Doesn't even acknowledge the fact that Patrick picked up the slack. Doesn't even acknowledge the hard work that he put into it. Doesn't even acknowledge anything. He just uses his arrogant, selfish mind and quite literally shits on all the hard work he did. He, he's not shown any gratification. And to my mind, everyone's arguing, yeah, but he's the better voice. Yeah, but he's the better voice. Why, why does he need to show gratification to someone who's in the same business? Because they're meant to be friends as well. It's like, why do they have to do that publicly? Well, when you're in a public eye, it's kind of something you have to do, especially when the other party's already been publicized, this situation, when the other party's already said, 
I'm happy to give you this role. The least you could do is say, oh yeah, thank you. But no, you're too arrogant to even do that and head up your ass. And then it comes down to it and he doesn't get the role, obviously. And he's just guilt tripping. He's retweeting people who are sad that he didn't get the role. And he's literally, the way he's replying uh, is awful. I'm just here just like, if you loved the fans that much, you wouldn't have left in the first place. You don't see Patrick Sides leaving for the same amount of pay that he's getting as you. For vo- and he's voicing more characters than you did. If it's not about money for you, like you're trying to make it out to be, then why did you leave because of it in the first place? And now you're begging for your old rollback. I'm sorry. In in any normal business, if someone has left you and then you give that role or position to someone else and then six months, a year later, that old person comes back and says, oh, I'd like that rollback now that you give it to that one person. One is a disservice to the other person. You can't just fucking knock them down again because this old person has come back. So what if he's better or not? It doesn't matter. And two, where's the trust? He could literally come back and just be like, oh, a couple of weeks down the line, oh yeah, I'm going to quit again. You've got no trust with this voice actor again. So I'm getting heat on Twitter for, for literally saying, saying my thoughts. I'm like, look, I prefer his voice. I think he's a better voice actor, but he doesn't deserve the role. And the way he's handled it is awful. And people don't like the truth. So, yes, it's... it's a very messy situation in the voice act. And this, this goes back to um, quite similarly. There's two situations I can think of that are quite similar to this in recent mind. There's one with Bayonetta 3, which I think we covered a few weeks ago uh, with those voice actors arguing. And uh, and that was all pay. And another one with Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, which we'll cover later with Zach Fair's voice actor. So, yes, it's been a bit of a turbulent um, time in what seems to be the voice acting scene. And it's not been very great. I mean, these things tend to happen, I guess. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and play it off. Yeah, so we can we can skip. So I think on yours, like mine, it should be in like chapters. You can skip like the first two chapters because it's an introduction in the Japanese voice actor. We're not interested okay. in a Japanese voice actor. He's great, but okay. we don't need him. So the first voice you'll hear, guys, is David Lodges. And then you'll hear Patrick Seitz. And this is pretty much the only reason why people want him back, despite, obviously, all the controversy around it. So make your mind up. Is a voice enough for this guy to come back or... Is everything else that he's done, you know, kind of kind of debunks this? Well, listen. What's the matter with you? How long are you going to keep looking over there? Are you Ichigo Kurosaki? Come on. I'm sure Ikaku told you that. I'm Captain of Squad 11, Genpachi Zaraki. I'm here to fight you to the death. <sighs> Not bad. Though your stance is too rigid and you leave gaps in your defense, I must say your spiritual pressure is something else. Way too much for even some lieutenants. No wonder Ikaku lost to you. But even with that, you Looks like you guys have been going at this all wrong, Ichigo. Hey, be quiet. I rushed to get here as quick as I could to help you guys out, so don't give me any grief. Well, maybe I did make a little bit of a mess, but that's just my style. So, I hope you left me one of them to play with. Doesn't look like it. Then I'll go do as I please. Hey! You're trying to cut me down, aren't you? Come on, not with this dull thing. I really don't have time to... So, who's the one trying to come back? 
So the first one is the one who's trying if to come I'm back. I'm being completely honest with you. I think Patrick sounded better. But that's just my personal preference. As someone who has never watched Bleach. Exactly. Listening, listening exactly. to the two of them from a non-biased standpoint. Listening to the two of them, Patrick sounds so much better in that role. And from what you have stated, has provided so much less drama and also provided way more voices. So if I was to choose between the two, I would keep with Patrick. Exactly. And that's exactly what Viz did. And at the end of the day, what, what Patrick was he, Patrick was even willing to give up the role to David. And David didn't just didn't even acknowledge it. I haven't seen in 10 years since Patrick was voicing Zaraki anything from David thanking him for taking over the role. Anything for David. And you know what the, the kicker is as well? In David's bio uh, on Twitter, you can still see that he still says the voice of Ken Patrick. Patrick's even more respectful than that to not, not put that in his bio because he's the second voice for it. And I, ju I just think, honestly, that it's ridiculous. It's, it's, com it's completely ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, I was one of the fans as well who would love to have seen him come back. And I probably would have been a little bit more supportive if he'd shown more pre appreciation to Patrick. But at the end of the day, you've lost the trust. You're not going to build that back. You've already blown that. You ditched the role once. You would not rehire someone into your business, be it retail, be it a call center, be it this industry, acting. You wouldn't rehire someone who had already left you once before. And if you would, you wouldn't rehire them back into the same role. Stuff, if you just listen to the two, the, you know... Uh... David just doesn't sound as good as Patrick, like not even in the slightest. Um, so there's just so much, it sounds so much cleaner and crisper when Patrick does it. And he made it unique, uniquely his own, his own style of the character he's voicing. Yeah, he, did, he didn't try to copy the voice. And, and this is, see, like I said, I, this I is knew David from first. someone who hasn't watched Bleach. So even, even if we took out all of the drama that is going on between these two actors, which is ironic because Patrick isn't really the one providing the drama. If you take away all the drama, though, and you just listen side by side, it's not even close who's who voiced it better. And then you add in all the drama. And when you add in all the drama combined oh, with yeah. the fact that I'm one of them is significantly more skilled in the role... And is not the one providing the drama. Who are you going to side with? Exactly. And at the end of the day, whose voice you prefer is always going to be subjective. Okay. I personally think David suits more of the wise old man kind of role, like he did with Jiraiya and Naruto. This guy is meant to be a bloodthirsty, murderous. Uh, he just loves fighting. Well, he lives the for, for the, the battle. That's how he came and, a cattle. I was thinking the same thing. Like, hold on, I'm going to put the volume yeah. back on. I was thinking the same thing when I heard David's voice. He literally just sounds like a wise old man, not not the guy he's trying to uh, play. So here's yeah. here's his you voice. you play <laughs> with you. How long are you gonna keep looking over there? Are you Ichigo Kurosaki? Come on, I'm sure Ikaku told you that. I'm captain of Squad Eleven. Now, pause that Can... real quick. Like you could tell, that's like the wise old man voice trying to play the tough guy. It. it one hundred now listen to the same kind of voice and now listen to someone who doesn't sound like the wise old man but actually sounds like the tough guy 
going at this all wrong, Ichigo. Hey, be quiet. I rushed to get here as quick as I could to help you guys out, so don't give me any I grief. Well, so much cleaner. And so much more genuine. See, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things to consider here. So, David first voice, like I said, Jiraiya before, which is a wise old sensei, strong. Uh, when you, when I first heard Compassion, when I first watched the Bleach dub, I could hear that straight away. I was like, wait, I know this voice actor. The voices are so similar. I was like, he's literally, all he's done is add a little bit of grit to it. And don't get me wrong, his Compassion isn't bad either. These are the top two voice actors you could have picked for this character, either way. Uh, Sites's voice for it is quite deeper. He removes the grit from it, like like the the kind of I, I'm not sure how to put it, but he removes the grit from it. And just keeps the deep tone uh, and aggression. And like I said, I th I think they're both great. But at the end of the day, Patrick now had that role. He why would we change continuity to go back to this the the great voice? You you can't you can't be doing that. You know, it's it's like you've matured and then gone back. It makes no sense to to take back the old voice actor either. Um, so so yeah, it, it was it was tricky for me personally because I I love both of these voice actors. I think they're both great, but unfortunately, when you're going to be this arrogant, arrogant, you're going to lose a lot of support. Uh, and I'll support him in any other role, just just not this one. Uh, is is I, I couldn't. It's at this point he's been so disrespectful as well. Is is absolute like I I just ah oh, pissed me off so much. And it was it was kind of funny because it was on his status that I commented the stuff on on David's, um, and I had more likes than anyone on that status. So more people agreeing with me, and yet at the same time I had more people trying to cause beef with me because they up David's ass and can't can't take a minute to step back from a situation and look at it subjectively. Um, so, so yeah, as, as much as I I loved. David's voice of it, and you know, it, 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 he was great at his time. There's, there's just no need to change it. You know, I think Viz made the right decision personally. Um, also, obviously, I know people will obviously bring the argument, so I'm going to nip this in the bud now. When David was voicing it, we still had compression. It was, you can hear like the compression over some of the sound quality, whereas Patrick's, we had, uh, it was a few years later, we didn't have that kind of compression. Is irrelevant. You, you, even if you take the compression away, heck, go watch the Blu-ray versions. Go watch the Blu-ray versions of Bleach. Come back to me without the compression. You, you can just hear the difference. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Don't get me wrong though; it's, it's upsetting because I'm seeing all these voice actors just having beef and drama with each other at the moment, and I, I always thought the scene was a bit more professional in this and a bit more <coughs> had a bit more camaraderie, shall we say? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think people need to stop giving um, so people need to stop giving Viz shit for their for their choice of voice actor. They need to get off David's dick because now it's it's been decided. There's no change in it. It's been decided. They're not going to change it mid season now or in the next core. And stop disrespecting Patrick. You're you're literally just shitting over Patrick's every every time you you make comments about this. So I'm I'm hoping to see an end to it soon. I'm hoping to see an end to it soon. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I'll put my hands up in the air for the start to start with as well, because I know this will also be brought up on, on many threads it has already. For Thousand Year Blood War, when Patrick came back, I will agree his voice wasn't great. It was nowhere near to the standard that he had in this video. I know. Can we please all just consider he has not had this role for 10 years? The first character he voiced when he came back after 10, after 10 years with everyone else was Ichigo's dad, which sounds significantly dif different. Ichigo's dad is more soft-spoken than 
this this brute of a of a warrior. So obviously he's got to get his throat back. He's got to get he's got to get his vocal cords back to that point. Give him a couple of episodes because honestly the hate these people are receiving is. It's ridiculous. You, you'd think after 10 years, people would just be happy with the choices and just be happy the series is back, you know, but some people are just never satisfied, honestly. All right, then apparently Cannoli has tweeted out our stream, so <laughs> thank you for Cannoli. Um, actually, yeah, Cannoli, who had tweeted out the stream, is the guy we are interviewing later. Uh, <laughs> I completely even forgot to even... <laughs> You can post that we were live on Twitter. These things happen, though. All right, so moving along, (laughs) though, uh, to get into our scheduled program. Why do I have these? Oh, yeah. You know what? (coughs) Speaking of Cannoli Sasquatch, let's just go show his profile. This is his profile right here. We're going to be interviewing him at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Cool guy. I think you guys will like him. Kind of stole our co-host. I keep saying that. I really don't care. As long as Vex has time. You know, this is our baby. Please you know. shade now. <laughs> she, she's a shared commodity. <laughs> but moving back into our regular... It's, it's like two parents who have split right? up and, and um, Vex is the Vex child. Vex is the child. You're <laughs> <laughs> in custody of, of, of but, Vex. Uh, oh, moving into cool. our regular scheduled program, uh, starting off at this weekly anime review. Now keep in mind, this weekly anime review is for the past two weeks, because we didn't do this last week. Yeah. So we have, I'm the villainous, so I'm taming the final boss. I've got to be real with you guys. Uh, I said this this lamb before we started, okay? When we started this season, we started off strong, and I actually think we started off too strong. Because with... This is one of the animes, I'll be saying this a couple of times today. I'm the villainous, and so I'm taming the final boss, has dropped off. The first half of this show was brilliant. The first half of the show that followed the original manga was brilliant. Um... And then when they started making anime-only content, it just went downhill. I gotta be honest with you, watching these episodes, I think I'm, I ended up giving it like 30% of my attention. It just was not... I, I Honestly, I would recommend you guys watch the first half and then just leave it. Have that ending, leave it. Happy ending. First six episodes, sorted. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. This is my genuine, genuine sad opinion because I really enjoyed this. You know, it was the first shoujo anime I was enjoying. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 I've got no good words to say about it now. Um, you know, it's it's still pretty. It's still they it's still great characters and everything, but the story dropped off. The the fan service was too much, and it it was it's painful seeing what could have been something that could have been great end up being something that's absolute. I can't even. I can't even. It, it's the second half of it is trash. Okay. This this literally, um, I'm sad to say, guys. You know, sometimes these things happen. Uh, There's been many animes where I felt the same way. Uh, So moving along, we have the daily life of uh, the Immortal King. So uh, you you guys know this. This one has its ups and downs. And we we did love the last two weeks of the daily life of the Immortal King because it was... It's funny as always. It's a nice break. We we had a little bit of um, a combat between the the two different um, 
types of summoners. Uh, we had more Pokemon, more Yu-Gi-Oh references, which is just always great fun. Some new character designs. We had a cool little bit as well, which was set out like a um, kind of like uh, an RPG where you'd have like two still characters and like the text coming up at the bottom uh, with the name like the top left of the text box. And that was kind of cool. I like, guess kind of like RPG set, and that it was it was. It was kind of awesome the way that they do that and how they reference other things. And at this point, I think this anime has become such a meme that it can't take itself seriously. And you know what? I, I'm here for it because it's it does it well. It does it well, you know? It it, it doesn't just take the piss out of other animes. It takes the piss out of itself. Um, whilst trying to keep a steady plot. And honestly, it's it's done well most mostly um, at doing so. Uh, I do hope in the next episode, in episode 12, we get some more serious kind of content because season three episode 12 how many how many episodes have we had in previous seasons um we had 50 episodes in season one and in season two we had 12 episodes so this could potentially be our last episode of the season we'll find out um so hopefully they bring it back full circle um but honestly it's not been this best season but it's been a good season uh for the daily life of the immortal king Right. Looks. Oh, and also remember, guys, season four is already confirmed. We've we've already got that conf- confirmation as well. All right. So uh, moving along, we have uh, the Daily Fortnite. Of the Immortal. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know the meme, the meme I just threw out there, Fortnite. The next why, season of Fortnite just started. Wait. Okay. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna actually pull up the link for some reason. My my hero's oh, next. All right, we just did. Oh, my hero's next. We just yeah, did the day. I'm, I'm lost right now. My I'm hero. trying to like do things in the background. It's it's okay, guys. It's okay. I'm I'm right, here so with you. I've got you. I've got you. My bad. Yeah. So uh, the meme I just threw out there was uh, it's my hero Fortnite right now because the next season of Fortnite, which has just started, is all result revolving around my hero. Um, and they're going hard with anime. Like they just did Dragon Ball Z, and you could use the Kamehameha. And now you've got My Hero, where you can use Deku's Detroit Smash and literally smash through a building. Um, yeah, there's just a little, little bit of little bit of a uh, humor for you guys there. But yeah, the last two episodes of My Hero, uh, which were episodes one, two, three, and one, two, two. Wow. The emotions. I can't even begin to describe to you guys how good this was. Um, we had... So, episode 122 was called Katsuki Bakugo Rising. And this was all... A lot of it was flashbacks to Bakugo uh, helping um, Deku with his training. Um, a lot of it was uh, him being the only one but All Might with the knowledge of his power. And then we go back to present day where um, he teams up with Todoroki and Endeavor to try and save Deku, who's basically used his Black Whip and his arm so much now that he, he was about to get defeated by Shigaraki. You know, Shigaraki's got this super regenerative side. And then we start to see Shigaraki's getting taken over by um, One for All. So it, it was quite interesting to see, but the the shocking part was, bear in mind only a couple of episodes we had the shocking part of Aizawa chopping his leg off. Katsuki Bakugo, major spoiler alert, I'm giving you all five seconds, four, three, two, one. Bakugo is currently presumed dead. Um, 
he gets stabbed through the chest with four what looks like kind of like Deku's black whip, but instead it's black and red, not black and green, coming out of Shigaraki. And we cut to the end going into episode one, two, three. Episode one, two, three doesn't help us resolve the situation. I'll kick this in the nuts straight away. It doesn't help us resolve the situation to find out if Baku goes alive or not. Um, guy's pretty beaten up. What we do get in this scene, though, is um, Shigaraki meeting his grandmother, one of the old uh, holders of All for, All for One. Um, sorry, One for All. Deku's powers One for All. Um, and it's mainly an internal struggle. You know, he's got hands on Deku right now, so he's trying to steal his quirk. And he learns he can't steal it because it's not just one quirk. There's about, I think, about 10 quirks in one now. And it's explained how his power works. And we see two people help Deku in his, in his psyche. And it's uh, the not the old weed, the one before that. Um, and like I said, just said, Shigaraki's grandmother. And we see the first wielder, uh, the brother of um, All for One. And so it's quite interesting. We we learn how the power works. We've got that cliffhanger with Bakugo. We've got, um, you, you know, we, we've learned that Shigaraki is currently in an internal struggle with All for One to, for vying for supremacy over his body uh, now that he's absorbed him. And then we end with uh, our, our our best skill, uh, trying to kill Uraraka. Uh, or at least test Uraraka to see if she's like other heroes, like Hawks who did kill uh, her friend on the villain squad, or if she would refuse to kill her, even even though she's trying to be killed by her. Um, so yeah, it's... Uh, wow! We had a solid past two... Um, two weeks of, of My Hero, and honestly, I you know, I was, I was completely there for it. Um, and it, the quality's been so, so, so good. So good. Um... But yeah, I'm just happy to see Best Girl Toga back. I'm just, I'm happy. We we love Toga here. Well, there you go. He loves Toga. You heard it here first. Moving along. Toga's Moving amazing. Along, we've got Beast Tamer. Oh man, oof! This this show is is touches on a lot of sensitive topics. We've now got the hero starting to be more corrupt. He's got this ring that he's gonna try and kill the hero with, apparently. Um, we're about to rescue another beast, which looks like a fox skill. Um, who's being abused by this uh, aristocrat who also tried to take the two fairy tamed beasts off of Rain. Wow, yeah, I, I, you know, I think this has been one of the best anime of the season. We're gonna, we're gonna knock out the big ones. You know, my hero Bleach and Chainsaw Man. I'm not talking about you because you, you guys, you know, we already know you're gonna take positions one, two, and three respectively. Um, so for the smaller anime, I feel like this has been the best one and the most consistent and the best character designs, the best story, the best music, the best action. And it really, really, it really touches home about making true friends and, um, you know, not believing those who have manipulated you in the past. Um, highly excited for the next episode. I like things that touch on sensitive topics. I think they add a little personal element. So, uh, yes. Next up, we have management of a novel alchemist. So, this one started off really strong, and it's not one of the ones I'm thinking of been been enough yet. But the last few episodes have been a bore. 
quite literally. We we need to see her sensei come back. We need some more action. You know, I, I get what the plot is, but we need to kind of get back to the plot now instead of using all this slice of life nonsense. Um, yeah. Hopefully we get some good content out of it again. I mean, it's it's not been terrible. It just hasn't been to the standard that we were to expect for this show. Um, it's just been very cutesy, very... Oh no, let's craft this piece of equipment. Let's craft that piece of equipment. Oh, we made a new friend who's a minor character who we won't see again. Not really any plot progression. Um, which you know, like one one episode every now and again, that's like along these lines. I'm, I you know, it's great. But when you've got these short core animes, which are twelve, thirteen episodes, with renewals always hangs in the balance uh, up until the end of the season, you've got to give us more. You've got to be giving us more, and this is veering too much away from his plot now. So it's got a couple of episodes left. We need to we need to pull it back now. Come on, you can do it. All right, sounds like you still have some faith in it. So let's hope they reward you. Uh, moving along, we got Shinobi no Utoki. Talking about anime, that I'm thinking of binging off. Ah, God, the the roller coaster we've had with this show of. Great highs and awful lows. <sighs> There's no easy way to, to describe it, so I'm just going to say it, guys. I'm bored. I am bored of this show. There's no worse feeling than that. It, I, it's not that it's bad. It's not that the plot isn't interesting. It's just boring. And there, there's no other way to put it. I watched the last two episodes quite intently, hoping for something that will... Make me go, ooh, and make me go, ah, yeah, and this, this, this really get me into it, get me pumped. And honestly, I most of the time I just sat there with my head in my hand, just going, when is it over? Yeah, it's that's the worst feeling for any show, not just anime, any any series that you're watching where you just go, when is it over? I'm bored, and I, I genuinely can't describe why. It's it's just. Hasn't piqued my interest again. Yeah, no, I hate when that happens and stuff. I was watching one anime and stuff, and uh, I think it's called Horamiya or something like that. And, like, the best part of that anime, in all honesty, was just uh, the main character, his girlfriend and stuff, liked when he was super aggressive and, like, basically, you know, a misogynist male. But he hated doing it. Oh man, I, I... he hated doing it. <laughs> See, this and is I why I wish that they would have done more <laughs> scenes like that because those scenes were always so funny. Because you could see how much he despises doing it, and he has to, he always had to do it in situations that made him uncomfortable. It's one hundred percent. I know what you're talking about. I actually really like yeah, this anime. I was considering recommending it, but that second half of the season, it took like eight episodes to get to that point, and the entire second <laughs> half of the season went from the main two characters to now we're talking about love stories of all the other characters that aren't main characters, and it just then it was like, oh, we're gonna do this. Now we're gonna do that. Then we're gonna go over here. Now we're gonna touch back on something we touched about before. Oh, and will yeah. you marry me? And I'm just like. What happened? Yeah. That's that's what took it from from possibly being a nine or a ten down yeah. to an eight. Um, 
Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I love the and anime. It was because I of that why I have. I was, was so excited. I was going to recommend that this week, and it was because of that alone why I have no recommendations this week. They're all Mikey. You know, I can't, I can't recommend it because it's just like you know, the first six episodes, it's on one topic, and then it just flip flops on each episode what it's going to talk about. So yeah, uh, speaking of flopping, yep, yep. Now we got love flops. <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I wish I could give you more this week. I really do, especially after two weeks. But there are a few animes on this that are just making me want to shove my head through a wall. This one should be so good. It's right up my freaking alley. Literally right up my alley. I, I always love stuff like this. And yet they're making all the characters so boring. Give us more, please. Like... It's, you've given us a great a great plot of this guy who now has the potentiality for one of six wives and set up by his dad and they're all trying to vie for him and you've just made it boring. Where's the interaction between the girls themselves? Stop giving us episodes focusing on one of each. Like, it's... it's... You need to take a leaf out of girlfriend, girlfriend, domestic girlfriend, um, freaking... A couple of cuckoos. Take a leaf out of a couple, some of them. Do you see any of them with... not? Obviously, they do have a couple where it focuses on just one girl. But a lot of the time, no. No. A lot of the time, they they will have interchanging. Heck, even freaking... Um, Lam, help me out here. What's it called? Mami-chan. Oh, uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend. Yeah, even Rent-A-Girlfriend has... has more than this. And Redneck Girlfriend's known for doing single girl episodes. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there's some, like, I still remember, I think, the peak love anime series has to be Clannad, which, granted, you know, it's it tears at your hearts, but it's hilarious. But if you want an example of how to go through different interests and in introducing different characters, if you remember the first season of Clannad, it was like, it would be like a couple episodes focusing on one character, but the the two main characters hadn't quite gotten together yet, so it made sense to do it that way, you know? But yes. I feel like these animes <clears throat> miss the entire plot, and they'll get these main characters together and then be like, oh, by the way, here's this character. Oh, we forgot to mention this character. Oh, and there's this character right here. And it's like... I get that maybe you wanted to do that before and you decided to throw it in after, but make that a special or something. To add that into the main story the way you did, it's like you put your story backwards almost, you know? Yep, yeah, 100%. And it just, it, it's it's um, not fun watching. That's why I got so mad at, you know, Horror Mia. Like, this... this... There's a couple that are on on death's row, shall we say, for for our current episode reviews, and of the ones that are, this is definitely the one that is most likely to stay. But it's, it's just got to give me something next week. It's really got to do it. Um, I, I I'm need I need something out of you next week. Come on, come on, love flops. All right, well, I took a risk on you as well. You were you were a late addition, and you replaced one that we already got rid of. Come on, don't let me down. All right, fair enough. Next up, we got the Eminence in <laughs> Shadow. Oh, finally, something we can actually talk about that's actually performing well. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we love this show. Um, the last eps, two episodes have been literal fire. I've had no complaints about this show whatsoever. 
the past the past two episodes uh we had episode eight dark knight academy and we had episode nine the end of a lie all focusing on how sid sacrificed alive to save rose uh or what that's what everyone thought uh, and unbeknownst to anyone sid survived just like he planned and he counterattacked uh the students fight back against the fake shadow garden uh, and real Shadow Garden come and save the day, and he confronts the Gaunt Knight, who was set this all up, and the Gaunt Knight turns to be the deputy principal, uh, who's been using the girl that he adopted all along to get the medallion and to join the Templar, and oh my god, the plot was just beautiful! Action was beautiful. The transition between Sid going to Shadow and student Sid again, without, you know, the, the Gaunt Knight throws Sid out the window, uh, presuming Sid is dead, turns his back, and next thing he knows, he senses this immeasurable pressure. Sid has changed his outfit. He's now in his shadow persona and absolutely wrecks this guy's ass. And it was just the transition between that. It was, oh, man, man. This this anime makes me feel things, and it's a close it's a close second behind um, Beast Tamer. It's, it's so good! I'd also like the art style and stuff, so it's good hearing this because it's something I got on my to-do list. Um, you know, yes. so I'm saving a lot even from last season uh, from watching it right away and stuff <laughs> because I'm also trying to find other things, and I'm going to wait like a couple seasons before I start binging all of them. Uh, but I plan on yes. adding that one to the pile. Uh, next up, we got Reincarnated as a Sword. It's, it's it's not as bad as the others, I'll give you that. Okay, I'll give you that. But it definitely dropped off. And I think I think it's a me thing. I don't think it's the anime thing. I genuinely think I'm just not when when you reincarnate something, okay? The closest we've had to a non-human reincarnation is reincarnated as a slime. And even then he gets a human form. We had uh, reincarnated as a spider with, oh, so I'm, so I'm a spider, so what? Which was a difficult watch, but not impossible. I, I just... Oh, we also had that reincarnated one. I can't remember the exact name, but we, we have recommended it before. But we were laughing the whole time. It was when uh, the two best friends get reincarnated in another world, but one of them gets reincarnated as, like, a lolly girl. Uh, it's all a fancy knockout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... There's not a lot you can do with a sword, is the problem. There's not the character interactions are lacking. Um, and you just can't form a bond with, with an object, is what I'm finding. It's it's very lackluster, at least for me. Um, you know, a lot of you are probably enjoying it. And you know what? Like, kudos to you. And it's not one I'm going to drop right that way. I'm not going to do it. I love Isekai. Um and, you know, the action scenes have been quality. The plot has been quality. I'm just finding it really difficult to associate with the main character. Well, it also makes it worse. Um, like, how exactly do you get intimate or have any love relationships as a sword? Because unless you're going to do to do with the hilts, uh, it's going to be a bit too sharp. Just saying. Oh, yes. Polish me, mummy. <laughs> Yes, rub this yeah, it's, just it's, like that. And, and your owner is a child. Your owner is a child. I, oh, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great show. Don't get me wrong, guys. It's, I haven't even it's watched just a stupid it. Concept. Since the, since the, you know, the owner is a child, would be if towards the end you find out something along the lines of, 
you know, in his past life, he had a daughter who didn't make it that was around her age, and he's been doing this because she reminds him of her or something like that. That would be probably the only saving point. You know? I haven't even watched this anime, we'll but, like, we'll that would be a nice little kicker. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I agree. I, I No, I agree completely. I agree completely. It needs something like that. Because you remember I said when you started covering this, I'm like, well, that's going to be interesting because my exact words, I don't know the exact words, but basically paraphrasing here, I had said something along the lines of, I don't know exactly what they expect to accomplish when it's it, he's a sword. Yes. You know? And uh, it looks like that prophecy has been fulfilled. So let's move along to something that uh, always makes me laugh. I like to call it the uh, far-fetched anime, which is I've somehow gotten stronger <laughs> when I improve my farm-related skills. So the past two episodes have been setting up for something, is what I can say about this one. Uh, we've met a new childhood friend. Uh, we know there's something wrong in Gull Town, and the guild has been sent to investigate. But it's been a setup. So the past two episodes have been kind of boring. Not boring, they've just been kind of slice of lifey, which in a sense is just, okay, you're setting up for something big, I get it. I'm watching it because I kind of have to, but can we get to the big thing yet? So it's been a bit slow. Uh, I just I just want to see him pull his leaks out again, man, and that's not a euphemism. I just want to see him pull his leaks out. Just, just take a leak, whack someone with it, and I'll be happy. That's all I want from this anime. That's all I'm expecting. And for those wondering who are just tuning in who don't understand the reference of the Farfetch'd, it's because Farfetch turns around and walks around with his own seasoning that is a leak, which made our host here, Mikey, do a double take. He's like, I know, I know. Wait, what? <laughs> so it's been an ongoing thing. He's not wrong. Uh, he, he's not wrong. You know, some, some slice of life isn't bad and stuff. It just depends on how it's done. And I feel like a lot of isekais... Um, and RPG style kind of animes, it's hit or miss. Sometimes they do it well, but a lot of the times I feel it's it, that's the weakest point of the anime. But they're trying to make it more than just fight this and oh, now we're gonna do that kind of thing, you know? Agreed. And this, yeah, I get it. It has to be done. It's just annoying sometimes. That's that's all it is. All right. Next we got. Uh... Square Enix dropping the ball with Legend of the Mana, the teardrop crystal. Man, I don't even know what to say about this, honestly. It's it's just... Man, at this point, it's just become... I'm going to say it again. I've said it once today. It's boring. It's genuinely so boring because it's beautiful to watch. But it's not what I expect from Square Enix. It's, it's, it's not... You know, we haven't got action packed. It's not the story's so slow; it drags on. It actually feels like I'm playing an eighty-hour RPG in, in a twelve-episode anime format, which, as you can imagine, content-wise, is not going to be great. You're missing so much, um, and you know, I expect a lot from Square Enix anime as well. One that comes to mind is Kakaguri. Where is the quality of the anime that you put into that? Into that literal sadist anime. In this, where 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 is it? Where, what, I I just I don't understand. I don't understand how you could fumble the ball so so big, square. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. 
All right, so then let's move on to something that's been fire all season, and it'll be interesting to see what's happened the last two we weeks. But we got Blue Lock. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. Uh, Blue, you know, Blue Lock hasn't lost his track record yet. Nah, -uh. no, sir. Uh, we, we, oh, oh, boy. Uh, so we had season eight, the formula for goals, and see, uh, sorry, season eight, episode eight, the formula for goals, and episode nine, awakening. Um, episode eight told the story of Team Z, who managed to hold on to a sliver of hope for surviving the first selection. Um, now they're forced to play 10, 11, 10 against eleven, obviously because of the betrayer, uh, and he refused to do anything. Um, so Isagi goes to meet with one of the players they've already played against. Uh, who basically verbally abuses him, but does so so that Isagi can learn um, and move past his limits, and he manages to, which is which is a great thing. Uh, so they go into this game with, um, I think it's t Team Z? No, not Team Z. We are Team Z. Team V. I don't know. They use letters. It's confusing. Um and we, we end on the start of that match. Now, the start of episode nine, we're getting our asses handed to us. They are very skilled. And they're at 3 0. And then Batchura comes in, literally bursts all of his limits, really shows us what he can finally do, and dribbles the ball past every single player, confuses them all, and manages to get goal number one. Then we reach down to goal number two where we had uh, our, our next weapon, character weapon, shall we say, which is the length of a shot. And this guy at 28 meters was able um, to surpass his limits and, and get the goal because he knows his range and his range was something like 20 meters. So he added on almost 10 meters to that shot uh, and he's landed the goal uh, with... with obviously egging on from the rest of his team. And then we learn how like the other team and how they work and you know we start to catch on a bit. Uh but they have me going all out against us. And then we see Ego, the guy who's you know got this all set up, this whole this whole setup um of of what he's actually trying to do here. Uh, and he's trying to force awakenings in everyone. He's trying to pit a team who need to surpass their bounds against a superior team to reach the next level. And to him, I think what we're starting to see is that the lower ranked of a team you are, the better chance you have at winning because he's trying to put the weakest team against the strongest teams to make them surpass their limits uh, because everyone wants to win equally. Uh, everyone has just as much drivers as each other to win. So you put the weakest team against everyone else and make them think that they're inferior to everyone else. They will try their hardest to bash up those ranks and they will surpass their limits more than anyone else. Um, and there's certainly something we saw. And then we saw our third goal uh, with, with with our best best boy. Uh, almost called, called him a girl because he gets called girl. Yes, yes. Um, and he surpasses his speed, his weapon speed. And he's facing off against this player whose weapon is also speed, but his weapon is burst to speed to start with. This guy's weapon is 
um, speed over time. So he passes to himself, and I kid you not, he put, shoots the ball 10 meters away, runs, obviously is lagging behind the other player to start with, and then gets his speed going. Basically catches his own pass, shoots, and now we're three up. Uh, we're, we're three, sorry, we're now three all, so we, we've scored three goals in the matter of that episode. Leading into the next episode, can we win? It's a... Uh... They know how to keep you going, boys. Which is interesting because we know you're not usually a sports anime guy. So it's always good when you can get people who are not interested in that kind of thing interested just because your content is that good. So was it Platinum Equinox on Twitter made a fan um, opening for... Let me just. I don't want. I don't want to quote the the anime wrong. Um, Platinum Equinox. Where was it? It's recent. It's recent. You literally posted it earlier. I watched it. Do, 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 do. Ah, yeah. So he made a fan opening for Kuroko no Basket x Blue Lock, um, and it was Blue Lock's music over Kuroko no Basket's um, graphics. You know, they're, they're opening. And for me, I've never been interested in, in this anime at all. I, I've never got hyped for it. I've never got... I've watched the opening before. I've never really been phased by it. It really highlights... If you put an anime with good music, you're gonna get goosebumps. And they, I watched this opening again with the Blue Lock music. And man, I, my, my, my arms were like goose pimpled everywhere. I was I was even considering watching this show. Um, another fucking sports anime. Just because the, the Blue Lock soundtrack opening music just added something to it um so so yeah this, it's not this... just music it's also sound Lock, you've, you've and, something. you know story too you combine all of them and you can get a really good yeah. anime because like for example like i said uh what got me into sports anime originally was the prince of tennis and i don't remember much about the music. <laughs> i know it was kind of more on the subtle side but it was just right for the anime but what drew me was the story combined with the sound effects and how they used special effects, which you wouldn't be able to get in real life, obviously. Just like in Blue Lock, how they're doing that. Uh, it was the same with the Prince of Tennis and stuff. And the Prince of Tennis ends up having, all together with all movies and everything else, it was like something like 300, 400 episodes, seven or eight movies. It ended up being an, a fantastic anime, very beloved, and that's what got me into sports anime. Actually, it's one of the things that got me back into watching anime, because uh, it had been like a decade since I had watched anime, so, you know, it, and I'm not even a tennis guy, so that should tell you something about uh, sports animes and just animes in general. Good story writing, good music, good special effects, and good sound effects, you you time it all and put it together just right and it can get anyone from any walks of life interested just true uh but moving along we got more than a married couple but not lovers oh man 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 i i just the last episode pissed me off okay because we they went to this uh side job thing they're just doing a summer job and they all end going so both crushes they're all their friends and these two and you can just see them fawning over their crushes again, but knowing deep down that they've forged this bond and this jealousy. And this is highlighted in the fact that um, 
We had a swimsuit, okay? Yes, it's our swimsuit episode. Yes, Lamb. Ah, yes, we've yes. finally reached the mandatory um, swimsuit episode. We have. So at the start of the episode, they're still in the house, and they show he's, she's showing her new swimsuit to him, and he's like, wow, that's a lot of skin. And it's a lot of skin. Uh, and I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and where, 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 where's the comment? I really, there we go. So, she, she's a stereotype. I need, I need to make sure I get the, the pronunciation of this, right? Um, because I, I know where I'm like. Okay, so, um, she is what's known as a Gyaru, Gyaru, um, which is a type of girl, type of fashion, type of subculture, um, and it, you know, it's it's meant it's meant basically means popular girl, uh, popular girl kind of look. Um, but she will reserve this one outfit, especially for him. And obviously, it goes over his, his head. The outfit she actually takes away with her, which is kind of symbolic, is something that covers a lot more. It's kind of is kind of uh, like a drapey kind of little dress, like just just to above like the mid thigh, um, and it covers a lot more. And one of the comments highlights that as the gal, this is the the gal went for a modest swimsuit for the public su- uh, swimsuit. The spicy one is for one person's eyes only. Now that's a gal a gyaru in love right there, highlighting that you know this is her showing that she holds a special place in her heart for our main character, Jiro. Despite fawning over their crushes while they're currently away, and the jealousy that they're both showing each other in their side side eyes, their side glances. Um, now I already know that this, this season especially is going to set me up for a fail. I know that this season alone is just going to... Because... The, where it's going to finish covering up to is going to be mostly focused now on the crush... Uh, this the the next part of it focuses more on those two. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping we get another season at least uh, because I am completely, completely, completely Team Jiro and Team Akari. Um, the crushes can get fucked. Shiori get fucked. Uh, that other guy who I can't even be asked to remember the name of get fucked. Um, we we need a happy ending of Jiro and Akari. That's all I want to see. Um, because they're great together. Amen. All right. So, uh, moving on to what we've already discussed some drama. We got Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. Yeah, we do. Oh, 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 fucking hell, man. I, I can't even begin to describe to you the hype. I, 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 it's. Uh... So, obviously, we've had, again, like the other ones, we've had two episodes to cover this week. Uh, we had episode 8, The Shooting Star Project, and episode 9, The Drop. Episode 8 covers, the finally, the introduction to the Squad Zero. Squad Zero, uh, who got berated by some people, are the squad that protects the Soul King. That's why they didn't come down to help. They are up in the sky, up in the Soul King's palace for a reason. You don't leave the Soul King's side because if the enemy makes it that high, you've got to protect the Soul King. Everyone else can get fucked, basically. Um, Now, episode 8 was mainly, you know, talking. We see Shinji and Rukia talking. We see the captain's meeting. Now, the, the head captain's dead. 
uh, we see Siphon embarrassing herself, you know, being the youngest captain, not realizing that, look, everyone's upset, but you've got to get on with it. You've got to get on with it. She thinks they're being cruel, moving on so fast, and you're like, no, we've got to get on with it. We could be attacked at a moment's notice again. Um, and so, yeah, and we, we learn that Ichigo's sword is broken for good. If you break a sword in a Shikai, it's fine. It could be repaid. If you break in a Bankai, you're fucked, basically. So we kind of had to press Ichigo for a while until Squad Zero come down. And the, the thing about Squad Zero is they're a very small squad. They're five, they're five people. Uh, but unlike other squads, we have a captain, a lieutenant, and loads of seated officers, and then just regular members. The This is a squad of five people, all of captain rank. Um, and the reason that they are in Squad Zero is one of them have each created something to the Soul Society. They are integral to the Soul Society's history. For instance, one of them has created the swords that they wield, the Zonpakutos. One of them created the mod souls that can go inside a Gigai and inside a fake body to make it look as if you're still in the human world, even though you're currently acting like a soul reaper. So the premise is that these guys, you know, they, they, they're, they're here to, to basically pull this mess together. And so they take up in the air with them Rukia, Renji, Byakuya, Ichigo, and Ichigo's sword. Uh, and the premise is they need healing. The, the, four, the four of them need healing, and Ichigo's sword needs something great. The great thing about episode eight, despite being the first quiet episode we've had, we finally got a confirmation for something that made everyone freak out. In the manga, we had a little scene with uh, Kokaku Shiba, uh, and he says, he, she says, even if that makes Uncle sad. We never know who she's referring to, but we do know that Ichigo's dad's last name used to be Shiba, but it was never specifically confirmed if she was who he was, if she was talking about him. They could have been cousins. They could have even been distant relatives. We finally got confirmation in this episode thanks to a little flash panel scene of her looking up to her left, uh, a young, a slightly younger Kukaku Shiba looking up to her left at Ichigo's father, who was at the time captain of Squad Ten, um, which is basically confirming, yes, uh, Ichigo's father is the uncle to Kukaku Shiba. So we had major fan happiness screaming all over Twitter, everyone being excited the fact that Kukaku and Ganju's uncle has been confirmed. We do get to see uh, Execution, uh, which are some of the humans uh, who are coming to support the Soul Society, who were the villains of the previous arc, who now are turned good. Um, questionable about uh, Ganju's hair. He's kind of grown out. He looks kind of odd. And yeah, then we then we enter Soul, Soul King's Palace, and uh, we start our journey on healing and repairing the characters that got mortally wounded. Going into Episode Nine, Episode Nine being the drop. And here we see Renji, we see Renji, and we saw Ichigo get healed up pretty damn fast. Uh, Byaki and uh, Rukia not so much. And then things got sad. Um, so the episode actually starts off with, um, God, what's his name? Why why is my head gone? Captain Squad 2. Anyway, yeah. He wears a ping pong shirt. For those who watch Bleach, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, he says to his lieutenant and says, this might be the last time we get to talk to each other. And everyone's like, wait, what the fuck? He's got a letter that says, you are now appointed the new head captain. Um, 
of the 13 Quad God squads, replacing his master and sensei, Yamamoto, who, as we know, died. Um, it could have been him, or it could have been our favorite silver-haired um, character, but obviously due to our silver-haired character being a uh, a little bit unwell, shall we say, we only got one, uh, one choice, really. Um, this leads him to saying... Basically fighting his cause in front of Central 46, saying, no, I want two lieutenants. We're already breaking the mold. Guy, guy, guy wants to break into some rules already. And then he says, the character we were referencing earlier, this is why it was such a big thing I want to address today, uh, ready for when the English dub for this episode comes out. Kenpachi Zoraki needs training. And everyone's against it because Kenpachi's already a monster. Monstrous strength. If he gets any more training, it's going to be bad news for them. And they said, like, look, there's only one person. Uh, and you're going to find this funny now, I reckon. There's only one person who can train Kenpachi. There's only one person who can teach him the skills he needs to. And one of them's going to die. It's going to, one of them will die one way or another. Um, and they said, we need Captain Unahana of Squad 11. You know, the healer, the healing captain, to train him. The girl who doesn't do any combat, she's a healer. To train him, everyone's like, well, okay, why is the healer training him? Especially if one of them's got to die. It's revealed that she is the first Kenpachi. She was around when Yamamoto was alive, and she's a mass murderer. The healer's a mass murderer and a serial killer. Well, you know, talk about that, that was, uh... a change of career. <laughs> yeah, and it's the animation quality. Though. I got I got to really address this, because skipping patch each ago, we'll get we'll get to him in a minute, and the, the why we picked today's image the way we did. Um, we finally get to see actually the start of the battle between Kenpachi and Unahana, and Kenpachi's getting his ass whooped. He is getting ruined by Unahana. Unahana's not lost any skills, but her, her character design instantly changes from the soft-faced always happy, always smiling, captain, always kind and gentle, soft-spoken, to this really cruel and twisted-looking smile. Eyes go slitty like a snake's. Her hair gets, like, slicked back and kind of looks like it's been greased a bit. Uh, She looks evil. The shadows they've done underneath her eyes and across her face makes her look pure evil. Um, You know, she's finally let herself go. And they've gone to the deepest depths of the Soul Society to have this battle because it's the only only place that would be able to take the monstrous strength these two have. And we learn that her full name is Yachiru Unohana. Now, for those who don't know, or those who have forgotten, Kenpachi has a lieutenant, a small pink-haired girl, uh, who we will end up talking about in later weeks, but small pink-haired girl, and he gave her a name. And it all starts to make sense. Her name is Yachiru. He named her after the person who he idolized the most. And it's revealed that they both gave each other a scar. They both fought before, and he was the reason she quit being captain of Squad 8. Um, because she didn't feel like she was the strongest Kenpachi anymore. Um, and then she wasn't allowed to die like the other Kenpachis, though. Usually Kenpachi is swapped out by the new Kenpachi killing the old Kenpachi. This wasn't allowed. The head captain wouldn't allow her to die. She's too important. Um... And she turns to him and says, you've gotten weaker. And then it cuts to a scene of their lieutenants and Yachiru, actual little girl Yachiru now, holding Kenny's eye patch, and Unahana's lieutenant holding a note, both worth weeping, knowing full, full well that one of them will die, leading up to the next episode, which is going to be one of the biggest episodes of this core, of this first set of 13 episodes, uh, which is going to be the full-scale fight between the two of them. And it's 
so far already it's been something else it's it's been impeccably animated everyone's been hoping they do this right and they have uh and also i just hope that sites does get his voice back and he gets back into the role by this by this time we're gonna take it back a bit now just for this last part of the bleach review and address the the character that we chose for the front of the um our thumbnail today uh she is one of squad zeros captains and she is now literally everyone's favorite mummy there's no other way to put it everyone wants a piece of her um but you're maybe thinking well why she's not exactly a look looker especially from lamb's uh if you're watching this on spotify from lamb's spotify um thumbnail (laughs) um well let me tell you a little bit about about our our Kiryo Hikifune. Um, so she is uh, an ex captain of the twelfth division, and uh, she's now part of the Royal Guard. And she is called the Ruler of Grain. And what happens is her soul energy is that strong; she f- it forms up in her body and becomes fat. When she cooks, she burns all this off. And if you're watching on Twitch, and you can see our thumbnail here, um, she goes to her skinnier form, as you can see. And her skinnier form is what everyone is basically idolizing and going, she's our new mummy. Uh, bearing in mind, everyone beforehand wanted Rongiku or... Uh, oh, what's her name? Sorry, I'm not Siphon. Her old, her old boss, anyway. Um, so yeah, we, we've got we've got a new, a new piece of eye candy as well. So the last the last two weeks have been uh, been something else for the for the bleach face. All right, uh, moving along, we got Chainsaw Man. And Chainsaw Man's been keeping up. Like I gotta be real with you, Chainsaw Man has been keeping up. Um, Chainsaw Man's last two episodes. So we've seen a plot. Someone somewhere has hired. Um, a group of people who also have devils and part human, part devil people to basically go and kill all of the um, squad one, two, three, and four people. And all the human members of this squad are dead. The only ones that remain are the fiends now and the um, devils. They're the only ones that remain. Um, and it's it's really sad and really gruesome episode. And you know what? The whole of the season series was like, well, my kid, the whole of the season's been gruesome. We think Makima's dead in episode eight. We we see some insane shots. We we also see our um, Himeno trying to get on Dendry, uh, and that that was kind of funny to watch again, but it doesn't happen. Um, and yeah, then then it cuts to basically everyone getting shot. And we lose our first kind of main side slash main character. Um, Himeno, unfortunately, this is her last episode, episode eight, uh, passes, uh, trying to protect both Denji and Aki. Um, sadly, this doesn't exactly go to plan. And Aki is used to forced to use the soul that I mentioned last episode that we spoke about that reduces his lifespan going into episode nine, where he is currently knocked out. It didn't work either. Genji's ripped in half at the moment, uh, being a uh, human-devil hybrid, though. However, he will undoubtedly heal. Um, and so Makima decides to take the reins. And she goes to the shrine with two bodyguards. 
kneels down ten people, and it seems that she can use them as sacrifices. All she needs is for these people to recite a person's name. She twists her hands together, and that person's name that they recited will die, along with the person who has said that person's name. And she does that for every single person, but two, um, who, who shot out basically her whole squad. Um, one is mortally wounded, and the other manages to drive the vehicle to get away. And yeah, we, we just see, as much as I hate her having read the manga, she is intensely powerful, and this is one of the coolest scenes in the anime. Um, yeah, uh, we end we end episode 9 from Kyoto then. Uh, with her, with all of the four squads now being subsidized into one squad, and her being the new captain of them all, uh, giving more power to Makima. All right, and last but not least, before we get into uh, the juicy bits, we go. We've got Arc Knight's animation prelude at dawn. Arknights, Arknights, Arknights. This is this has been keeping up. I can't lie. Uh, episode five, Ripple, and episode six, Farewell. Um, they were action packed. They had some good good scenes. Some new characters with some great character designs um, that I recognized from the mobile game. And all in all, it, it was it was fun. Um, we didn't have much plot progression, which has been a recurring theme this week, apparently. Um, but unlike the other animes, we still had enough to keep us hooked. Um, what I should do here, which I still haven't done, which me, me and Lam talked about, is move Arknights to after more than a married couple, but not lovers. Because uh, I haven't got a lot to say about it today. Um, it was action-packed. It was it was great to watch. It was nice seeing some of the characters that we haven't had introduced yet, which are in the game now introduced. But we're, oh, we're still lacking in the plot progression front at the moment. We're just still in this fight that spanned two episodes, pretty much, with face masked. Uh, usurpers. <laughs> With that out of the way, now we're going to go into our character versus character. And before I reveal the picture, what is our character versus character about this this week? Lancers. All right. So, with that being said, here is the image. Or oh, for those of you who like to pick my words, polearm users, because that's that's what medieval and games will call them. But yes. They use spears. So, on the left, we have Urza Nightwalker from Fairy Tale, chosen by Mikey. And on the right, we have Rei Amiyamoto from High School of the Dead, which, for a lot of people, is a weird choice because High School of the Dead, guns, they don't really attribute her to spears and lancers and stuff. But I will be breaking down why I chose her. So, uh, why don't we have you start off? Why did you choose Urza Nightwalker? Okay, so I want, I want to nip this in the bud straight away first, okay, guys? This is Urza Nightwalker. This isn't Urza Scarlet, okay? This isn't the overpowered killer princess who would wipe any any character's uh, ass, okay? This is the Edelus Kingdom's version of Urza in World X793, um, who uses a magic spear. She doesn't use the, the dress sense like Urza Scarlet does. Um, she uses a spear that I believe uh, can do various different things. Um, so, 
She is a night, night walk is described as a very well endowed female, long flowing wavy scarlet hair and an elegant loosely tied knot to the back. Her character design is quite different, more roguish than um, is a scarlet. Now she kind of reminds me of Rosalia from uh, Sword Art Online uh, in her character design in some places. Actually, now that you mention it, um, I can see unlike her, uh, yep. Unlike her Earth counterpart, as a Scarlet, uh, Nightwalker is sadistic and cruel. Can you still see it, Lam? Can you still see it? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, as a Nightwalker, is sadistic and cruel. She knows, shows no sympathy towards enemies. She kills them without mercy. Uh, she was involved in killing over half the members of Edoas's fairy tale guild, uh, thus earning her her ep- epithet. Um, she puts a great deal of pride in her title, and as a result, she took it as a personal insult when Lucy told her that Urza Scarlet happens to be a staunchy ally of the Earthland Fairy Tale Guild, whose loyalty to her friends was also unquestionable. This led to her becoming more hostile, uh, and then she already was. Uh, Nightwalker also appears to value her pride as a captain for the Royal Army, and Carla making her prostrate herself by kneeling down seemed to tarnish her ego. Um, when Pantheleli informed her of Happy and Carla's rebel status, um, made even worse by the fact that Carla wheedled information from her moments ago regarding the location of Nancy and Wendy, the latter become the first whom she targeted to kill. So, her victory streak, however, made her very arrogant, which is the downside here. Um, obviously, eventually, she does get beaten. She does eventually become gentler once she gets her ass whipped by is a scarlet. However, she is nothing to be snuffed at. This woman is a powerhouse. Um, she is a master spearmanship specialist. As an Adolus mage, she can use special weapon for casting spells, magic spear, ten commandments. With a magic spear, Urza is a seasoned fighter whose great skills in battle enabled her to kill mages from Adolus's fairy tale. Strength is enough for her to be regarded as a worthy rival by her Earthland version. However, she still pales in comparison due to the fact that Urza Scarlet has a mountainous array of armor and weapons and more experience. Um, She's basically like a cheap, a cheap knockoff from a from a pound or from a dollar store for you American people. Um, yeah, yeah. And she's also I, an excellent hand in combat. Pound Town. I think it's the most perverted name ever. <laughs> 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 um, now, though she lacks internal magic, she makes up for it as well with her amazing brute strength and some skill in unarmed combat, having nearly defeated and exhausted Urza Scarlet in a fist fight. Uh, and she's also a legion rider, so she can ride. She knows how to mount a legion. Um, Sean was on a mission, I believe, to exterminate the fairy tale guild. Um, so her spear can change uh, forms. So she has this default form, which uh, has four jagged ends on a curve inwards, kind of like uh, kind of like a pincer. Uh, and then she has Sylpharion, which is has a triangular arrowhead like spear. Uh, it increases her speed. However, its speed was ended up being matched by Urza's flight armor. Uh, she has Melforce, which has a wide spearhead uh, with edges on the side curving inwards. Uh, and a mounted glowing orb connected to the shaft enables him to perform a vacuum wave. Explosion. So this spear basically does exactly what it says. It creates an explosion. I don't know how else to describe that one. She has a spear with a gravity core. Again, does what it says on the tin. Blue Crimson, which uh, divides into two. One attacks with fire and one attacks with ice. I kind of like that. Kind of reminded me of Todoroki from My Hero. Um, Rune Save, which can cut through magic. And Saint Spear Ravelet. Ravelet. 
um, which is the strongest form of the Ten Commandments and only ever seen used once. Um, and it's basically powerful enough to shake the world in a single hit. Now, during this character versus character, I will not be using that one form of that spear simply because it's 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 overpowered. You can split On the world into... that, that like, the this, weapons this... that I'm using and stuff, they're all just regular weapons. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not going to use a world, fucking world split and spear, um, and likewise with that for anyone who doesn't know. However, that that spear can also change into Ravolt shocking spear, so that one version of that spear has two forms. Weirdly, and one that I've actually never seen used. I think this is manga only. Is apparently it has a cannon form as well, which is quite interesting. Um, and yeah, she she's one of the few characters as well who is. Um, not changed from her original concept art. She was inspired from his original manga, Rave Master. And <laughs> hey, due to censorship in the anime, Nightwalker's armor was copied from Urza Scarlet, while in the manga it's stolen. Because, you know, Nightwalker was only wearing cloth in the manga. We can't have censorship, can we? Mm. So... Yeah, if if you want, uh, if you guys haven't watched Fairy Tale and you want someone me to compare this character to someone, just think of Rosalia from Soda Online times ten, and uh, you you may you may be close. But what lets her down completely is her arrogance and her um, yeah, you know, her, 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 her thinking that she's always going to win. She doesn't prep. She she doesn't use any prep time. Uh, she just goes in, gold guns blazing without even thinking first. All right. And then we have Rei, Miyamil- Rei Miyamoto, who is a second-year student at Fujimi Academy and Takeshi, the main character's classmate, who she was childhood friends with. She, like Takeshi and Seiko, are is part of the protagonist group of the story. Rei is a member of the Sojutsu Club, and her combat abilities have proven to be a valuable asset to the organization. She fights with a broomstick spear, but later in the story, she switches to an M1A1 rifle with a bayonet attached. She also belongs to Takashi's group. Rei, as we mentioned, is a member of the Sojutsu... I am tongue-tied today. She, as I mentioned, is a member of the Sojutsu Club, so her primary weapons are spears. And at the beginning of the series, like I said, Ray fights with a broomstick that has a broken nail on the end that forms a sharp edge. After losing her broomstick at the gas station, she switched to a nightstick. She later upgrades to a Springfield M1A1 Supermatch rifle with a bayonet after visiting Rika's house. And she has only been seen using the bayonet and has never actually fired the M1A1. And while we know she learned many of her fighting skills from her father... And later, when she joined the Sojutsu Club to follow in his footsteps, it is clear how at ease she is fighting with not only spears, as Sojutsu is known as the art of the spear and as the Japanese martial art of fighting with a Japanese spear, but we can also see her weapon prowess does not stop there, as she is shown to be extremely comfortable and competent with a wide range of weapons. The only exception appears to be guns, as she only uses her M1A1's bayonet. Uh, as a, a former member of the Sojutsu Club, she learned how to be strong and dependable, and her group often depends on her because of that. She is very caring towards everyone, especially Takashi, and is easily one of, if not the most kind-hearted, kind-hearted member of the group. 
Despite her combat abilities, Rey has a generally pacifistic personality and appears to be the only member of the group who recognizes them as people during the group's fight and that, I can never pronounce this name, Thai Shopping Town, I want to say? Anyways, she states that despite everything they've been through, speaking of the zombies, she hasn't gotten used to killing in order to survive, and she hopes she never will. Ray also appears to have a very fun side for men, but a perverted side. Uh, which is evidenced when the girls are seen taking a bath together. She prodded uh, Psycho's breasts to see if they were real. Ray competes with Psycho, uh, Psycho for uh, Takashi's affection anytime Psycho is near him, which baffles her because it stands in stark contrast to her normally cool, collected, and mature kind of demeanor. Ray has also hinted to be quite brilliant, if not as intelligent as Saya, uh, as Takashi claims that she is actually a straight-A student. Thus, he was baffled to find out that she was held back in school. Uh, the only person, as we've said, Ray has a very loving personality. The only person that she genuinely seems to hate is Koichi, uh, which is in retribution for uh, Tadashi Miyamoto, or her father's, investigating the shady Shido business led by Ichiro Shido. Shido forced Ray to repeat a grade in spite of being a straight-A student. Ray's father blamed himself for the incident. And Ray has despised her ever since. Uh, you know, so if you go through it, she's got a very in-depth analysis, even though this was a canceled series. Like, we've gone over this before, Mikey, about how this was a banger of a series. It's a shame that the creator of the series died. But what little was written and what little was produced in the actual anime itself... There is so much backstory for Rei Miyamoto uh, between her kindness, her dependability, her ability to fight with any kind of weapon, but especially specializing in spears, and her unwillingness to waver in her beliefs that she shouldn't be killing these zombies that are currently around. Uh, she's just an all-in-all -all lovable character. But what we're really doing is we're reviewing about combat ability. And we know that, like I said, she is extremely proficient in spears due to the club that she's in uh, and her upbringing. Not to mention all these other weapons she's proven more than competent at. Uh, I, I just love this series, and that's why I chose her. Like, people don't associate her as a spear user. She is. She just doesn't get that much of an opportunity to actually use it, and she likes to be more of a pacifist kind of person. But when needed, she could definitely use it at a moment's notice. She, you know, she has the skill set to use it. She just doesn't. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know who would win in this fight. I, I actually, I do know who would win. It's not even going to come close. Urza Nightwalker has all these special abilities that I I I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna say something a little bit before we even say yes, yes, while she would win in a combat situation. Okay. Um 
and I, I say that even taken away, if we just give them both a regular spiel, I still think she would win, just purely based on strength and purely based on skill and experience. I still prefer Ray's story, and I still prefer Ray's character. Well, that's what um, I was actually going to because get to, it is, too. Because like... it's arrogant as fuck. The polar opposite. She grinds my fucking gear. And, and but I, I love I her character. Like like... She would be more dependable. You know, like, who would you want so, guarding your back if the life depended on it? So, story-wise and and um, personality-wise, I give it to Ray, but combat-wise and character design, meaning appearance, I give it to Urza. Um, personally, I, I prefer Urza's Nightwalker's design to even Urza Scarlet. She just looks fucking badass. But this is coming from a guy who also likes Roselia's character design. Yeah. Me, personally, I prefer the design <laughs> of Rey Miyamoto, but I will say, you know how they said the description of Urza was a busty character? Yeah, Rey's not, Rey's not lacking in that category either. You know? Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. I prefer Rey's design, but that's also because, in all honesty, you know, sacrilege to say, I've never really liked most red-haired anime girls, to be honest. There have been some I have liked, but it's just not my kind of style. It's not my cup of tea. You know, personal preference, like, it's not my thing. There are some, yes, obviously. But they're few and far between. I'm, I'm holding our Lord and Savior in my hands right now. How, how dare you sacrilege well, this way? for me, it's... Honestly, I have more of an affinity if we're going to go for, like, different colored hair as opposed to, like, the normal black and brown and blonde. Uh, I'm more partial to either blue or pink haired. You know, but I mean, this is fair. You know, so, I would say combat-wise, Urza would probably kick Ray's ass, even without the abilities, just due to the vast experience she has. As Ray is, I believe, sixteen. Um, so obviously, Urza has a lot more experience, and she's been actually in situations that require her to fight. Whereas Ray is more of a pacifist, and she's a lot younger. But if we're talking about dependability, if we're talking about character, if we're talking about someone who actually cares, it's going to be Rei Miyamoto, hands down. I, I see this is the, this is the only thing. I mean, with, with character and obviously things like that, yes, I agree. But when it comes to the only thing I disagree with is reliability, because as we read, she is loyal to a fault. She's just loyal to the wrong team. So it depends what team you're on in this situation well, as yeah, well. You know, <laughs> if. if if you're <laughs> so that that you don't want her as your enemy, put it that way. Um, but yes, I I see, I know what you mean. All right, so uh, yes, moving along, we have a special segment which I actually pulled up a video for us to play in the background. <laughs> good luck, good uh, luck. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII reunion hype, discussing news, combat, cinematic, voice actors, <laughs> and plenty of trailers to use on YouTube. He said, but I had already pulled up my own that I'm just gonna. Play. Hey, that's that's fine. That's 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 why it was there. Yeah. Well, guys, we're we're near. We're one week, one freaking week away from the release um, of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion. What is meant to be a remaster turning remake? Uh, completely remade from the ground up, graphics wise. Completely remade combat system. Uh, taking some elements from the old one. And hopefully, hopefully, spoilers for those who have play, not played Final Fantasy VII Remake, 
hopefully tying in to the differences in the remake's continuity than the original Final Fantasy VII's game. Hopefully. Um, that would be nice. So, the reason we're talking about this today is because uh, over the last two days, I've had a lot to share about this game. Uh, it has come in. You guys may have seen for the last six months. I've had it in my Twitter name, MikeyRPGamer, Crisis Core 5 7 Reunion Hype. This is the game I've been hyped for for the last year. So, first off, we had a little promotional teaser for Final Fantasy VII itself, and they finally, finally must have heard the fans all of a sudden, and they used the promotional art that they barely used, which is Angeal, Zach, and Cloud holding the sword together uh, with VII days to go, seven days to go. Um, with a nice little touch. We, we've had some trailers, uh, including the actual best girl of the Final Fantasy series, Move Aside Tifa, Move Aside Aerith. We've got some Cisne glow-up content, which has been great to see. Um, everyone's obviously hyping up the fact that we've got seven days to go. And then we've seen the DMZ, oh, DMW, sorry, system. For those of you who don't know, this is an exclusive battle mechanic to Crisis Core, uh, which is randomly generated or RNG-based. Um, and basically allows you to do special abilities, and it's, it's freaking awesome. What the new game does allow you to do is allows you to store these instead of using them immediately, which is quite cool as well. But the biggest thing we've got are the reviews. We've got reviews for this game already. So, first off, uh, specific reviewers are saying, pros, the combat is fun and satisfying, especially with the new ability gauge. The DMW is still Crisis Core's best and most unique feature. Beautiful graphics and full voice acting. Full voice acting. Keep an eye on that. Make the game more palatable for a modern audience. Fan favorite characters get their time to shine, and I may be in love with Zack. That was a literal review. Not from me. We did um, actually, uh, speaking of reviews, we did actually apply to be a uh, review tester of this. We haven't uh, heard anything yeah. back, but they're still accepting applications, which I know this thing comes out within a week, but even if I got it like a couple days early and was able to throw out a review, I was going to do it, you know? So I yeah. have applied. We'll see if we actually get a response back. If not, oh well, we'll just have to wait for it to come out. And then we've got uh, actual review scores. So, Noise Pixel 9.5, Shack News 9, Escapist 9, Press Start 9, Hey Poor Player 9. These are all out of 10, by the way. PS Lifestyle and PS Universe 8.5, Check 1 8.5, Worth Playing 8.5, VG 2478, Inverse 8, RPG Site 8, GameSpot 8, Twinfinite 8. More reviews came from Silicon Era 9, Gaming Trend 9, WCCF Tech 8.5, Atomics 8.5, Dexerto 8, Vandal 8, Gaming Bible 8. IGN in Italy and IGN Spain both rated it a 7.8 and 7, respectively. Push Square related, uh, rated is, it a 7. GameSpeed related it a 7. I have to know. I, I, will, I will have to look that up, actually. It's not on the list. No, the well, I don't care about it. digital Vex and I have been shitting all over Kotaku and their extremely biased reporting. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there was one report. Uh, it was basically a Black Friday sales report that they had put out, right? And it is the most basic yeah. concept journalism ever. Hey, this is on sale for X amount. You know, you can get it here. This is, these are the great features of it. That's all you have to write about. And instead, they decided to make the article all about the man and corporate America sucks, but we still want our money and blah, blah, blah. It was like the most unnecessary article I've ever read. 
So they haven't actually put our rating for this game. They probably yet, never got access kind of to it. <laughs> I wouldn't have given them access probably to it either. Not. Um, now, Digital Trends, VGC Games Radar, what are you playing at rating at rating a 6? Look at everyone else rating at 8.5 to 9.5. Metro, get fucked. Rating at a four, 4 out of 10. What the fuck? You guys clearly were not playing the same game as everyone else if you're, if you're not fair, biased. To be fair, I will say um, that in their defense, just as a general statement, the other thing Dex and I have been reporting on is how Sony tends to have paid-for reviews, it seems. And what we're getting at is anytime someone gives them a bad review uh, and they don't agree, you know, they they don't like it and stuff, they, they're critical of the game more than they want them to be, they lose access to being able to review. So a lot of the times these companies will give reviews that seem genuine, but they're really not. Uh, so this could be one of those situations where either they extremely hate on the game or, or they're actually being the only ones who are actually truthful and they're never going to be able to actually review a game that's a PlayStation exclusive again. Who it is... What, which it is, we will not be able to tell until we actually play the game for ourselves. I am only bringing this up as in an effort as transparency because we do run This Week in Gaming, and this is a trend we have seen happen over and over again. Uh, if I had a guess between the two, I would say that they're probably haters just off of how the Final Fantasy VII Remake was. It was a great game, and it, I'm seeing a lot of similarities between the two when i'm looking at this trailer now uh but i should add that in as a disclaimer well that's 28 reviews okay and they're the only one that's really hard even the sixes aren't as harsh as the metro's four uh, apparently the retro metro basically said it's negative because it's basically the same game and it isn't a remake they never marketed this game as a remake they never said it was a remake it's always been said it was a remaster the fans have said it's possible we might get some extra remake content content to make it tie in with the remake continuity with zach um so them shitting on it because it's not a remake well, that's a different, they never that's said a different it was a remake then. you know but you know, it's, I still, I still have to say that out of stupid. transparency because I don't read into the critic scores, in all honesty, unless I know that critic score isn't paid for. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of them are, if that makes sense. So, I, I go more but, on user score. Once it comes out, I look at the user scores, I look at what people are saying about it who have actually played it, who are the actual consumers. Oh, it's like movies. Same. You look at movies nowadays... Uh, you know, all the critics have these, like, rave reviews for movies, but then you look at, the, like, the audience score, and it's absolutely garbage, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. it's it's the same thing, you know? I, I just wait until the user scores come out. You know, the the only thing I'd expect in that Marcus down is the voice actor changes, and we've been through this before. The voice actors changed, and they basically binned off all the old voice actors, even after they recorded their lines, etc. And the voice actors aren't as good. That's the only thing I'd expect to bring it down. Uh, I can already say Zach's voice actor isn't as good as the old ones, but I'm going to stop complaining about it because I'm really looking forward to the game. But yeah, on, on, a, little, on a side note, not Final Fantasy VII uh, re, uh, reunion news, but uh, FF16 guys also got rated mature for sex scenes and hate crimes. That was that was a little side note there tying in with Final Fantasy news. Yeah, Final Fantasy has been kicking up the bucket the last couple of weeks with with their news. And for those who weren't here when we reported on it yesterday, uh, one of the things I brought up is uh, 
as an adult, you know, if you're going to do adult kind of themes, it's like cyberpunk. Uh, the way I explain cyberpunk is, yes, there is nudity in it, and I like the fact that there is nudity in it. You don't, you know, it's it's not like it's so rampant that it's everywhere. But as an as an adult age ranged game that you're, you know, that's the audience you're trying to target. Give us those options. You know what I mean. So as far as Final Fantasy 16, I don't mind there being sexual kind of scenes being in it. It's never really been in it before. Uh, I actually think that's kind of an improvement for them. And as far as hate crimes, one thing is I've said about hate crimes, and I've said it for years, uh, you know, hate crimes are only hate crimes depending on who is actually reporting it, who's the actual one saying it's a hate crime. Because there are things that are labeled as hate crimes that aren't, and there are things that are hate crimes that aren't labeled as hate crimes. So it really depends on what hate crime are they actually talking about. Maybe there actually is a hate crime, but until I actually see it with my own eyes, I'm not going to believe them that there's an actual hate crime in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Yeah, no. We will see. But yes, guys, that's, that's our news for Final Fantasy VII Reunion. I will be writing up a review on the website when I manage to get play, when I manage to play through it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped as fuck. I cannot wait to see my, my best, my favorite video game character ever in all its remade glory. Alright, uh, moving along, we are going into our anime highlights. These are animes from the last year or two that uh, we recommend. So starting off, we have Our Last Crusade or Rise of the New World. So here is the trailer for that. By the way, a couple of these that you listed and stuff I looked at. Uh, not this one because I haven't heard this one, but all the, the remaining three, I'm like, yes, these are good choices. Why didn't I think of any of them? Uh, for Our Last Crusade or Rise of the New World... It's freaking amazing. Um, I recently watched this one uh, two weeks ago. Um, absolutely loved it. Already confirmed for a season two. And it is really, really riveting and tells a deep story about corruption in politics. It tells a deep story about people with magical abilities and people without and how the ones with magical abilities are discriminated against. And it tells a love story between basically one with magical abilities on the magical people's um, countryside and a man who is on the imperial side and released one of these magical people uh, who, use, who is actually the main female character's sister. Um... It tells a very good story. It's very action-packed, very well designed, very well done, beautifully animated, beautiful action scenes, and definitely deserving of a season two, and I cannot wait for it to come out. Um, and as, as most of the... it's, I mean, it's a 4.6-starred rated anime, um, and most of the comments are don't sleep on it, mad decent, don't, don't sleep on this show, uh, amazing cliffhanger, etc., so yeah, guys, you really don't want to miss this one. Well, I'm glad it was better than the trailer itself and stuff, because like I said, I was not feeling that trailer at all. <laughs> yeah, sadly, some sometimes trailers don't don't let, do do shows. Uh, I also just felt like the inside. music was lacking too. Like I felt like it started off strong, but like just couldn't finish. If that makes sense. Uh, well, this is what we were just talking about. This is why we use user reviews. Exactly. Um. 
So moving up, uh, moving along, we have, you know, something I've talked about numerous times, as have you. Matter of fact, we brought it up in this episode ourselves. We had that time I was reincarnated as a slime, so. So, I just, just want to say why I'm recommending this one today is because I've rewatched season one and season two in English dub. Uh, and also there's a mobile game that I've been playing. Oh, and also there's a film coming out within like the next week. Oh, and also we've got another season coming out next All year. Right. Like like I was saying, I've I've recently really got back on onto it. You know, I've re rewatched the English dub. I absolutely love this show. Um, I've been playing the mobile game actively. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what 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 it is, it's it's pretty funny. It has some original content. Um, uh, there's a film coming out as well, as well as obviously the next season has been confirmed for season three. And um, I love Milim Nava as well. Yes. She, she's best girl. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't argue uh, <laughs> with you on that one. I'm, I would say Shuna. You can argue. Why am I not surprised you said Shuna? Why does that not surprise me? I mean, me it would have been Shion if she knew how to cook. <laughs> we don't talk about Shion and her cooking, okay? Um, season two got me with Shion as well. I, for, I like season two is often I forget. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that happens. Um, so yeah. But no, it's, a, it's a great show, and uh, I mean, I absolutely love it. And yeah, guys, for anyone who's interested, the mobile game's called That Time I Got Reincarnated. It is a slime isekai of memories, and it's quite fun, quite fun. All right, and now we move into the Lambertsy Show Recommend. So these are recommended from all time, and so it can be in the last year or two, or it could be, you know, 40 years old. It really depends. So starting off, we have The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody. Alright, before you get into your review of this, I will say one of the funniest things to me is the fact that he just wants to be defeated. And so he reincarnates thousands of years in the future thinking that, you know, he'll take minimal skills compared to his normal power. And he'll be weak. But the problem is, is he goes to this, you know timeline thousands of years in the future only to find out that demons have become so fucking weak that his weak skills from his former life are OP compared to the current time <laughs> which always has me laugh and nobody but his instructors actually know but I, I digress let me let Mikey do his review so I can use it as a short later yeah, ex exactly as Lam said. This anime is great. It's about a guy who's a demon lord who has basically lost one of his closest loved ones, and he decides, "I'm too powerful. I'm bored. I want to reborn. Be reborn. Make me weaker. Like get me defeated." So he reborns hundreds of thousand years later into the future, um, sees lots of the people that he still knew back in his old life who start to recognize him eventually. And demons have become significantly weaker, and he is still one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in the world. And it tells a very good plot and a very good story about how he isn't the only one of himself, how there are others of him in alternate timelines. It tells a story about how, you know, despite being a demon lord, he's still trying to protect everyone. He's still insanely strong. We have some amazing and hilarious character interactions with people who used to know him without him ever actually giving away that, look, I am the Demon Lord you used to know. Um, and it's just funny that like, every time there's someone who underestimates him, he's like, oh, I'll just use a little bit of my power. I'll take the defeat gracefully, or I'll, I'll only crush this guy a little bit. It won't hurt him. And he always ends up overdoing it and absolutely blasting them to pieces and smithereens. Um, 
and it's it's really funny, but also it's a really good plot and actually quite emotional as well. Uh, it often touches on how the loved one that he lost and the memories he has with her. And yeah, I'm really hoping for another season as well because I'm pretty sure we got confirmed for one. And I know the manga is amazing and we've got so much more content to cover. It's definitely one you don't want to sleep on, guys. Um, and definitely one of the better Easter guys. Uh, and I believe it was, yeah, one of the better Easter guys of last season, maybe the season before. But either way, absolutely amazing. Yeah, this truly was a great anime. My personal favorite about it is the fact that he takes these nobodies along with him for the ride that people are just casting aside. You know? And he just accepts them. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That makes him strong yeah, as He makes him yeah. strong as shit, but even if he didn't, I just like the fact that he's actually considered enough to be like, hey, listen, you know, let me take you under the wing. You know, let me be there for you since apparently nobody else is. So... All right, uh, moving along, we have How Not to Summon a D-Lord. Wow. How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. (laughs) Uh, So here is the trailer for that. Uh, My personal favorite is how he acts like such a douchebag, and he's so OP, but then he gets so flustered by the girls all the time. (laughs) Exactly. This, This guy is a womanizer. This guy has power. And you know what? It's just hilarious. This anime is hilarious all the way through, and you can rewatch this again and again and again and still laugh, still love the character designs, still thinks it's absolutely amazing. The combat's brilliant. The cinematics are brilliant. I got no bad words to say about this, and I, I can't remember if we got another season or if we're going to get another season of it, uh, but I would love to see more. Uh, it is honestly one of the funniest isekai I've seen, and <laughs> definitely worth worth a watch. At least once, if not a hundred times. I've definitely seen it about five or six times all the way through. All right. So uh, now we move into uh, the anime uh, news of the week. You know what? It's been, it's been that long, you know, to have, having that time off. I've actually forgotten where I've put in the news. Probably got a ton to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we start? We start, uh, okay, there's three white screenshots oh, where it says recap, recap, you know, recap. We start until like the next thing, so I'm always at the beginning. <laughs> That's fair. So yes, guys, we had some anime announcements. Um, I believe this was from one of the showcases that we had. I can't remember which one. I won't lie to you guys, it's been a long, maybe Anime Expo. Uh, anyway, anime announced. <clears throat> One Punch Man Season 3, Tower of God Season 2, Slime Season 3, uh, Laid Back Camp Season 3, Symphogia, n- New Project, Banished from the Heroes Party, and Decided to Live a Quiet Life in the Countryside Season 2, Daily Life, The Immortal King Season 4, Sword Art Online, brand new original anime movie project. Um, the Weakest Tamer began a journey to pick up trash anime. Uma Musume Season 3, Love Live Season 3, Hoshizuki Telepath anime, Shy anime, Rascal Does Not Dream of Sister Venture Now anime, and Rascal Does Not Dream of a Knapsack Girl anime. My Dress Up Darling anime sequel, amazing. Rent a Girlfriend Season 2, amazing. Uh, Mechanical Arms anime, Fire Force Season 3, hell yeah. Arifureta Season 3, Psychopaths movie, uh, Skate the Infinity Season 2, Haiku Final Movie, Detective is Already Dead Season 2, Panty and Stocking Season 2, Data Life Season 5, Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba sm- sm- Sword Smith Village Arc. Konosuba God's Blessing on This Wonderful World Season 3. Shaman King Anime Sequel. Masamune Kens Revenge Season 2. Bottom Tier Character Tomazaki New Anime that, Project. I'm interested in. I don't know Killing if you've watched that one. Bottom Tier Character Tomazaki. 
No, I haven't. It's a good anime. Uh, yeah, it's not what I recommended because it's not going to be a lot of people's slice of tea, but I think you'd like it. I would recommend you watch it. Okay. Uh, and one of my personal favorites on this whole list already is I've been killing slimes for 300 years and max on my level season two. I can't wait for that. And we've also got the regular Magical High School sequel. I believe these are ones that we don't have exact dates for. Going into our next one, we've got anime for 2023. Uh, we've got Kaguya Summer Love is War, The First Kiss and Love Ends for February. Sasaki into Miyano movie, February 17th. In Japan, Black Clover movie in March 20... Or March 31st or 21st, can't quite read that. Suzume movie in early 2023. And Slime in early 2023. That's been Slime movie, uh, Scarlet Bond. Um... Tony Kawa Season 2, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Undead Unlock, Martial Magic and Muscles, Kataro Tanju, Hell's Paradise, The Ancient Magus Bride, which is an amazing anime, by the way, Oshinoko, Ragnar Crimson Lie, Elias, Sacrificial Princess, and The King of Beasts, Attack on Titan, Final Season Part 3, Hype Hype, uh, My Clueless First Friend, Kazuna no Alel, uh, The Marginal Service, Detective Conan Movie 26, uh, Paradox Live, Link Click Season 2, which is actually a really good anime and probably going to come up on recommendations if I haven't done already. Ayaka, Hokkaido Girls Are Super Adorable, My One Hit Kill Sister, uh, Heavenly Delusional Anime, Uchi no Kaisha no Shilsai Senpai no Hanashi, uh, A Girl and Her Guard Dog, The Devil is a Part-Timer Season 2 Sequel, uh, Loving Yamada at Level 999, which is meant to be good, Rironi Kenshin, Lupin the Third vs. Cat's Eye, Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation. I'm looking forward to that, season two. The Angel Next Door Spars Me Rotten and Konosuba, an explosion of this wonderful world. More Konosuba news. And lastly, we also have Chain Soldier, Ragnar Crimson, Misfit of Demon King Academy. Um, we have Ranking of Kings, Classroom of Heroes, Suzume Movie, Solo Leveling Anime, Record of Ragnarok season two, MF Ghost, Kengan Astro season three. Two and classroom of the elite season three. Misfit of Demon King Academy is going to be nice. Hell, classroom of the elite season three. I'm glad I got you to finally start watching it because you've been loving it. (laughs) Hell yes, I have. Right, blitzing through these last few now. We've got a promotional picture by your friend, Ancient Magus Bride season two, which is very good if you guys haven't seen it. We finally got names uh, confirmed for all of the captains and their squad numbers going from left to right. We have Captain Squad 8. These, these were the original captains for Bleach uh, from the first set uh, back when Yamamoto was still a young lad, or youngish, I should say. So Captain of Squad 8 starting on the left is Unsai Kataribatsu. Uh, then we have Squad 12, Juhin Zhenzhou. Below him is Captain of Squad 5, Danjiro Obana. Below him uh, squad 7, Nobutsuna Shigio, which looks freaky as heck. Uh, cl- kind of in the middle is Entetsu Kumoi, Captain of Squad 9. And next to him is obviously our big boy Yamamoto, Captain of Squad 1. Uh, we have squad, Captain of Squad 2, Shiga Shihoin, which is obviously related to... Um... Uh... No, her name's going on my head. The cat. The cat, for those who watch Bleach. Uh, Captain Squad 3 above him is Kinroku Izuhura. Captain of Squad 13 is Saizo Sakahone. We obviously have Unohana. Uh, Captain Squad 4, Shikiri Shijima. Squad 10, Furoki Utukawa. And then everybody's favorite, who has been literally dubbed as Dommy Mommy all over Twitter, Captain Squad 6, Furofushi Saito. Uh, she looks badass. Um, 
hopefully we're hoping we might get some more content on these through the anime maybe we'll get a prequel series afterwards who knows but you know they've given us so much content on these guys now they'd be stupid not to Below that, we have In Another World of My Smartphone. Season 2 has finally been confirmed for gonna, April 2023. I'm, I'm, it's a great I'm anime. Like that, Please watch. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a great it really anime. Is. I, love, I, can't, uh, no, I, sh- I can't remember their names right now, but I love the sisters. Yes, I agree. Um, below that, I shared this because it's a biased review, and I think it's absolute ass. I generally reviewing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at a 6. Uh, I think that's harsh. I think that's extremely harsh and biased reviewing from IGN. Um, despite its bugs, every game does have bugs. To be uh, fair, I still think we, re- we reported on this too. Um, not, we did report on the IGN 6 score, um, but we were saying for Nintendo, this is highly unusual. Uh, Nintendo tends to, compl- tends to release games that are basically finished with minimal bugs so for them to release something like this we can understand the frustration of a lot of places because because generally speaking when you think of nintendo yeah. and particularly pokemon games those come as complete as they possibly they, can they don't, they're very they come yeah, extremely and I, I agree completely so and i can understand why a lot of you people would have their the... experience ruined because they don't expect that you know you need to consider as we're getting on, as we're going, they're going more into this open world kind of aspect of stuff. They're going to encounter more bugs. They get, people need to realize that they're not linear games anymore. They're not going to be as polished as they could be. It's not as cut, cut and paste now. It's not as simple. Um, there's going to be bugs. We're going to have encounters like this, obviously as well. I imagine they were pushing out as well because this is we haven't had a mainline entry now since Sword and Shield. Arceus was kind of the prequel kind of take on one of the other regions, and then we had a remaster. Uh, of Pearl and the other one. Um, so this is, you know, they had to get a new mainline game out there. On top of this being an open world game with new mechanics, not being linear, completely open world, now completely open. You can go any path you take, take on any gym first, whichever you wish. There was so much new stuff put into these games that, you know, they're going to be buggy. And I'm not doubting that. I'm not saying it deserves a 10 or anything. I'm just saying a 6 is freaking hard. I'm, I'm also saying like, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, one would think with Nintendo and their track record, one thing that they'd want to do is minimize the amount of bugs. And, and the way this was released and the way that there's that many bugs that it was basically unplayable for a lot of people uh, leads me to believe that they rushed the production. Because there are quite a few people complaining that they, it was basically unplayable. Uh, I mean, there, there were definitely some some bugs where they were kind of. I mean, to be fair, some of the bugs were kind of hilarious. They weren't. There some of them were more quality of life issues. But you know, personally, I'd, I'd chuck, chuck in as an eight, deducting the fact that, that you know there, there were some bugs in there that they relatively quickly resolved, relatively quickly managed to get them fixed up and realized, okay, yeah, there were some issues. Kudos to them for branching to do that. I'm just, I'm just saying, as time goes on, people need to start realizing that you know these things are harder to release completely polished and perfect. Oh, I, I, um, I especially I agree within with you. I'm just saying, with Nintendo's track record, one would think that they would have, if they knew there was these kind of issues, which I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, especially considering a, there was a lot of bugs, a lot. You know what I mean? Um, one would yeah. think that they would have been like, hold up, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna delay it. 
just a little bit. We don't like delaying games, but we're going to delay it because we want to give our users the best experience, especially when they know that their fan base is not used to them being buggy. Now, is there going to be I'm... open world issues because they're moving on to it? Of course there is. I'm not saying there isn't. Oh, but they, what I am getting at is it felt rushed. It felt like they were just trying oh, to I agree. It out, I, I agree. It's not something Nintendo is known to do. No, Nintendo's not known to do that. I imagine they had a lot of pressure as well to get a game out from, from higher-ups as well. I'm just saying, I agree completely with everything you said. I just think IGN's been harsh. I, I genuinely think that they've been harsh with, with this scoring, especially considering how quickly they managed to get these bugs patched. And honestly, I feel like a lot of games these days, again, what I dub as the cyberpunk treatment, um, where they're too afraid now to, to push games back. Uh, I'm not saying this for everyone, but a lot of companies now are too afraid to push games back because obviously cyberpunk's kind of backlash. And same again, obviously, with bugs. You know, if a game gets buggy, oh no, now it gets absolutely more trashed on than they have used to before. Um, my my two, two cents on the situation. Um, but yeah, IGN, I just, I just think they've been, been a bit harsh. I mean, that's like seven, maybe an eight. Um, but, but a six, a, no, no. IGN do better. I mean, especially when I was looking at other reviewers, and I've seen a ton of other reviews for, this, for, the, for these games. I'd, not many of them have rated it as low as a six. It's a uh, hmm, hmm. But to be fair, as, as years ago, buying reference to IGN, no, not Pokemon. I have, I've definitely dropped off listening to their reviews anyway. Fair enough. Moving along, we have our last crusade or the rise of a new world season two. It looks very interesting, and obviously, like I said, I enjoyed season one. So, uh, taking all the trailers, guys, is very good. Uh, then we have Mushoku Tensei light novel has officially ended, so which means. Good, bad news has ended, but good news is the world should get more content for it. Uh, and we have had a trailer confirming that it will release for season two next year, uh, which is amazing. We've got a record of Ragnarok. Season two begins on January 26th. It's a Netflix anime and did really well. Uh, new Automata version 1.1a new official anime key visual has been released. Uh, Tokyo Avengers Christmas Showdown arc will stream exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Uh, coinciding with the partnership for Disney and Kodansha. Um, we had some more, there's a little bit more information on that, basically saying how they've teamed up now because people aren't liking the Monopoly Crunchyroll has. Uh, we have my instant death ability is so overpowered. No one in this other world stands a chance against me. TV anime has been announced. I swear these titles are getting longer. Yeah, I have noticed that. hundred girls and stuff. For a long time, anime names are like one word or two words. And how many combinations can you really come up with that are going to be catchy? Like, yeah, there's millions of combinations of one or two word and even three word. But how many catchy ones are there going to be? So now I feel now I feel give like, it, give it a now I feel like they're just being like, you know what? We're going to use an entire sentence and explain <laughs> it. it. <laughs> give it a decade, right? And you'll need five pages to get through yeah. just the title alone. <laughs> uh, the next guys we've got is the Hundred Girlfriends. Who really, 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 really. Okay, love so you. I've I've uh, never read this anime, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of interested now. <laughs> yep, already. I knew you would be. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got. I like. I look like the look of the next one. The Ice Blade Sorcerer shall rule the world. Anime, uh, January fifth premiere. We've got so much good shit coming out in January, man. Uh, I'm hyped as shit for that. And then, lastly, we've got apparently Disillusioned Adventures Will Save the World, scheduled for January 3rd. I swear, I, 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 my list is going to be massive for January. 
It's going to be huge. But yeah, that concludes our news, guys. And there was a lot of news to cover there. All right. Uh, you know, maybe what we'll do is next next season, I say we do 10 core. 10 core animes. You can watch the other ones if you want to. But just mm-hmm. uh, we'll make like an end of season review. We'll make actual video content out of it. You know what I mean? Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll probably look into like it's gonna it's gonna be hard because obviously we will want to be reviewing the top ten. We'll want to be reviewing the best ones and interchanging. Um, so it's it's gonna be difficult. Um, we'll just we'll play it by ear. We'll have to yeah. we'll have to play it by ear. It's not gonna be easy. Um, but we'll we'll just see what happens. Um, but that's for January. We'll see what happens yeah. in January, guys. But that's that's all from my podcast for okay, today. So again, this is brought to you by thelambertcshow.com. Feel free to check our site out where you can find all of our latest podcasts, all of our podcast links, news articles, videos. Uh, you can even apply to be a guest on the show, speaking of which, in a couple hours, uh, about three hours and uh, three and a half hours from now, we are going to be interviewing Cannoli Sasquatch. For the Creator Spotlight series, so that is going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, you could check out our Ooh. fan page, uh, <laughs> sponsors, all that other stuff over on the Uh Don't forget to you know swing by our YouTube, uh, our TikTok, and we even have a Snapchat. All of them are at the Lambertsee Show, uh, where you can find videos of us as we do breaking news game reviews, anime reviews, etc. Uh, we're just now starting to get active on it and stuff, so this is going to be a very fun time for the Lambency Show as we continue to grow our reach and continue to provide you guys quality content. Hell yeah, it is. Let's, let's fucking go. Um, also, guys, I heard if you click the Lambency Show's logo five times, you'll be sent to his OnlyFans. So yeah, where we post only, only high-quality <laughs> Dyson fans. Watch, it, watch that fan glow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you weren't expecting that quick of a comeback, uh, were you? Well, I wasn't expecting that quick of a comeback. You, you yeah, yeah, that. that's what I thought. <laughs> All right, so uh, since we are at the end of the show, let me go see if we have someone that we can show some love to. Let me refresh this page, though. So let's see here. Who do we have live? All right, you know what? I think we are going to show some love to our rides as the shoe puff. Uh, actually, no. Rides the shoe yeah, puff. Who obviously is into Final Fantasy X? She hasn't listed as Final Fantasy X, but I'm looking at the preview, and it looks like she's doing a just chatting. She might be going back and forth between the two, but we're gonna show her some love. Uh, hit her with a hashtag Limitsy Show Raid. Uh, that being said, that is gonna be the end of this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And until next time, you guys enjoy yourself. He means until later.